You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new centerfire rifle ammunition terminal ascent. Now, the terminal ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The terminal ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet, and it comes in a variety of cartridges, including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06, and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com. And while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And this week's episode, we're going to talk about the regulation changes for this season, the 2020-2021 season. So we've talked a little bit in the past about you know, what they were proposing, you know, and some of those proposed regulation changes. I know season's already open by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, but we thought, eh, better late than never. So <clears throat> basically we're going to run through the regulation changes that are new for this season, <clears throat> as well as maybe some that aren't new, but we want to make sure we're calling attention to. So before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. Mastin's is a deer scent company, as the name implies, and they've been a sponsor of this show for a while now, and we've had really good luck with their their product. They've got standard liquid scent, and so, you know, the estrus scents, they've got a, a scent that is uh, more like a cover scent, I'll say, than an attractant. They call it Smell Like a Deer, and they've got a couple, they've got one called Buck Reaper, it's got a lot of the uh, the buck scent glands all mixed into one. So a lot of interesting liquid scents. They've got scented gel crystals that you can actually refresh with the, the liquid scent. And they've also got deer scented candles that you can use in their double scent stacker. If you, if you haven't heard me talk about that in the past, go to their website, mastinsdeersense.com and check that out. You can order things right from their site and they'll ship it to your house. And I think think that's it for Mastin's, so check them out, use their stuff. It's it's good product. So now, Jeff, updates. It's just you and I this week. What uh, what's new? You you and Jake and Dad went out and hunted at the parks opening weekend. I didn't. Yeah, that... yeah. So uh, we went out. We didn't go out opening morning. We went out the evening of opening day. Uh, just in hopes of not spooking deer going in in the dark. And then, you know, basically because we hadn't really figured this property out. We just got access to it. 
So we decided that we would go in for an evening hunt. Um, also, typically because deer are more reliably moving in the evenings this time of year than the mornings. It's just, you know, it's easier hunting higher odds. Uh, my setup was uh, on a gas line. And uh, the gas line is probably about 15 yards across. Um, and then on the other side of that gas line was a large overgrown field. Um, I didn't have super great luck. Uh, I saw two deer. Uh, one of them was out in that overgrown field. And okay. all I did was catch a glimpse of its head at one point. You know, I just was looking out in that field, happened to see a deer pick its head up and then basically put it down and keep walking. And I never caught sight of it again. So I don't know where it went from there. If it, you know, bedded down, if it walked off, you know, I have no idea what direction it went. Yeah, because that stuff's probably close to chest high in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's chest high. It's yeah, four and a half foot tall. At least. Easy for a deer to disappear in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other deer that I saw walked out right underneath of me, basically. Um, <clears throat> I'm set up on this gas line. Behind me is woods, but it's very thick, high stem count woods. So... I can't see back into these woods at all, basically, especially mm -hmm. with leaf cover. Um, you know, I can maybe see five yards into the woods. And I was sitting there and all of a sudden uh, a deer's head pops out at less than 10 yards away from me i kind of jumped because i was <laughs> excited you know like i'm seeing nothing nothing and all of a sudden there's a a doe a large doe you know just her head popped out of the brush and i kind of jumped and clicked my safety off at the same time and that that did it that deer uh jumped like it had been shot you know like it oh really yeah it jumped back it never snorted at me it never did any of that it just jumped back into the brush like like it had been shot like so i don't know if it saw me just heard the safety or smelled me or what or a combination of all of it but yeah it popped its head out and immediately, I mean, it about fell over itself, jumping backwards <laughs> into the brush. Wow. <clears throat> so had so I, that's cool. I didn't know. I didn't know that you saw any deer. I thought yeah. you and dad didn't see anything. Yeah, I, I saw those two. Had I been more relaxed and not excited, probably for, you know, opening day and been mm -hmm. a little bit more cool about it that doe might have 
stepped out into that gas line and, you know, then once it had been out there, felt a little more comfortable and I could have clicked the safety off and got it. Um, But, you know, opening day jitters. Yeah, sure. And then. So did dad see anything? Uh, no, dad didn't see anything. Okay. Which we had, we're not real sure how the deer, where the deer are going because Jacob saw multiple deer that seemed to be heading dad's direction and dad never saw them. Yeah. So Uh, it's the way it sets up is there's like a small interior field. Jake was set up on the South South, not, not right on the edge, but just inside the woods in a ground blind on the South edge of this field dad was set up more in like the northeast corner of this little field and i mean when the three of us you you me and him were there setting stuff up like we were all like that's the spot man there's there's old rubs there's oak trees right there there's there's scrapes right there on the that field edge um i mean it had everything right it's got a little um, I wouldn't call it a ridge, but it, it, it drops off down into this like Creek bottom area with a pretty steep drop, you know, to where it's going to kind of funnel deer between this field edge and this, this drop off little cliff edge I, you know, cliff even sounds too, uh, <laughs> dramatic, but it was like, this is the spot, you know, and I was shocked to hear that he didn't see anything. Yeah, my hindsight thoughts is because this area has very high browse pressure. You know, I've I've never seen a browse like at at this location. There's, you know, prickers that are pretty thick that are browsed off, you know, so and branches that are fairly thick that are browsed off. Mm -hmm. So it would kind of make you think that the deer would, once the acorns are falling, would be all over those acorns. But I think we were a little early. I think they were using some other food source still because, you know, Jacob was kind of hunting more of a travel corridor. We were hunting destination acorn you know oak areas and the the deer weren't showing up to the oaks yeah um you know we had trail cameras up and they they really didn't show much deer activity so there's there must have been another food source that they were still preferring yeah that could be because Jake was the only one that uh, got a deer that that weekend. It was opening day, right? right? He saw he saw some more deer the second day of season, but never got a shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he he saw a good number of deer each day, and the rest of us, you know, I I guess technically saw two, but neither one was very 
good situation. You know, the one was just way out in the field and the other one walked on top of me. Yeah. So Jacob, Jacob had the hot spot. Yeah. So he got himself a doe and uh, he's the first one on the board. I'm going to, my plans are to go out there this weekend, which would be the second week, you know, you guys will hear this later, but it'd be the second weekend of season. And it was, if you guys recall, it was pretty warm that first weekend, you know, highs in the, you know, pushing 80 degrees, highs 79, you know, this weekend it's looking to be much cooler, you know, in the, in the sixties. So hopefully that means good things. I've been kind of going through my, my gear, making sure I've got everything ready. I got my broadheads sharpened, so they're good and sharp. I'm going to, I think I'm going to run a different, like on my lineman's rope. This is just sort of me small tweaking things, you know, but like on my lineman's rope for getting up the trees, I think I'm, instead of running a, a Prusik knot, I'm going to run a different, I think it's called like a friction hitch because uh-huh. my, my hope, my plan is, and I, I think it's going to work is I want to be able to adjust that the length of that lineman's rope as I go up one-handed. And so you can buy this thing. It's called a Ropeman Ascender. And it allows you, basically it goes on your rope and it allows you to, to pull like that, that tag and the loose end of the rope. And this thing sort of swings open, allows the rope to feed through. And then when you kind of sit back in against the lineman's rope, it's got like little teeth in it and it, it bites back on the rope. There one, like they, uh, they always seem to be out of stock and two they're It's like a, I mean, it's a little thing that goes on your rope, but they're like, it's a, like a $50 item. Wow. And I, I saw this thing online where you can, I mean, it's not as smooth, but you can basically do the same thing with a, like a piece of paracord. And so, I don't know, maybe if people are interested, no, I didn't come up with any of this. I, I, you know, found it all online, but if, if people are interested, you know, send me a message. I don't know, maybe I'll do a Instagram story or put a YouTube video together or something. Like I said, none of this is like something I came up with. I'm, I'm just sort of piecing things together from, but anywho, I'm going to run a different friction hitch other than the Prusik on my linemans because the the Prusiks tend to bind when you load them. It's hard to get them to slide again. This other this other knot I'm using once you take the weight off of it, it it, it allows it to slide pretty easy. Uh once you you know you gotta kind of sit forward and get the weight out of the the lineman's belt and then you can pull that tag end and shorten the the, uh, oh man, I just blanked on the, uh, the lineman's belt. Goodness. So little things like that, you know, making sure that's all good to go. You know, I've been using my hunting pack for, for other things throughout the, you know, hiking and this and that, making sure I've got the stuff I need in the pack and the stuff I don't need out of the pack and all that stuff. So hopefully it's a good weekend though. 
Yeah, hopefully. So, that's it for me. The other thing I've been doing is hauling a bunch of a bunch of wood chips. They were cutting trees on our road, and I, I went out there and asked them, you know, if I could have some of the wood chips, the grindings from, you know, and I just, I just wanted a, a few for, uh, I was going to put them in the chicken coop in the chicken run. And I ended up with a whole, you know, like county dump truck dump load basically because these, so the, the, I guess I'll get into this story real quick. These guys, <clears throat> We live on a uh, township road, and so I don't know if the township doesn't have, like, people that cut trees or if they just hire that out. I don't know. I know the county does, but maybe the township doesn't because these guys were not township employees. They were in an old... I'm assuming they bought it at an auction or something, like the... the, uh, You've seen the Esplund company trucks, you know, like the ASPLUNDH or something like that. I don't know. No, but you've seen them. You just okay. don't know it. <clears throat> um, anywho, when I walked up to ask them, you know, it's just two guys. They got this chipper running and this thing's just screaming, man. It's it is loud. It's so loud you can't hear the chainsaw running over this chipper. Neither of them have ear protection on. They've got nothing, no cones, nobody flagging traffic, just this truck and a chipper parked in the road. And they're, you know, feeding wood into this uh, chipper, grinding it up. I asked him, you know, can I have the grind what do you guys do with the grindings he says why you want some i said yeah if i could and he said all right when i you know when we get done here i'll i'll swing by and and give you some so end of the day comes they they pull back in the driveway says where do you want them i said you know i don't know right over there next to the driveway wherever you know wherever you can get them these guys (laughs) fooled around and fooled around trying to figure out how because it's a bucket truck so it's got a bucket with a boom on top you know and then it's a dump uh-huh. truck. So they got to get the hydraulics figured out to get the boom out of the way. And they're flipping levers. And there's a guy down on the ground at that control station. There's a guy up top. You know, they're flipping levers trying to, well, I don't know, won't go, won't go. Fine. Somehow they flip the right combination of levers. They get the, the boom up out of the way. Now they can't figure out how to get the bucket up, to, you know, or the the dump bed to go up Uh uh-huh fooling around fooling around finally they get that up now yeah i mean you would think okay let's just reverse the process well (laughs) i don't think they know what they did to make it work because then there's like well i don't know won't come back down won't move i don't know i'm not kidding it it probably took them close to 10 minutes to to back in my driveway and dump a load of grindings wood chips uh-huh. next to my driveway <laughs> and the whole time i'm like oh my god you know because i was just going to tell them like yeah i just need a little bit but by the time they figured it out i was like i, I guess i'm getting this whole load because they don't uh-huh <laughs> they, they don't, don't know they don't have a clue <laughs> so 
it was way more than I needed, but that's all right. I put it to use. They were free. So hmm. non-hunting related, but yeah. Uh-huh. So regulation changes. So like I mentioned in the, in the intro, we've talked a little bit about this. We've, we've done, you know, we've put some articles on our website about the regulation changes this year, but we thought it would be good to <clears throat> basically have one concise, because some of that stuff was proposed regulation changes and, you know, we thought it would be good, concise regulation changes, how they may or may not impact you. So that's, and, and like I said, a few other things. So the good people at the ODNR have, as far as regulation changes for this year, have summarized the changes on, if you have either the paper copy of the 2020-21, let me try that again, 2020-2021 regulations book, with, like I said, whether you have the paper copy or you have the PDF, and you can find the PDF on the ODNR site. There's links to it on our website. So I guess they, uh, I have two, two places I want to go, and I don't know which way to go first. So <clears throat> I'll start here. The PDF copy or the paper copy, they've summarized the changes on page three. One of the other changes or one of the other places you can find the regs book is in the new Hunt Fish Ohio mobile app. So we've done content on that app as well. If you're unaware, it's an app that the the ODNR has released, and they have a copy. Uh, you can you can view the current regulations manual right inside the app, which I find quite handy. Because there's a lot of times I want to refer to it. I don't, you know, typically, historically, I would go get the paper copy. But anymore, you're buying everything online. You're not going and buying a, a license at Walmart or Fin Feather Fur or wherever, you know, and picking up a paper copy while you're there. <clears throat> so I'm always, like, trying to find the link or have I saved it to my phone and, like, scrolling through trying to find that file this makes it super easy. You open the app, you go to resources, and you open the, the regs book. So that's the other new thing is the Huntfish Ohio app. And we may talk some more about that uh, here later. But just quickly, I'm going to run because there's not, there's not really anything new from a deer hunting standpoint as far as regs changes but i'll read through these these like i said you can find this on page three of the regs book i'll run through these real quick jeff you can add commentary or any mm-hmm. information that uh you know you see fit or or feel feel that is important right so to get started ruffed grouse and quail there's some changes on that. So rough grouse season dates are separate for private and public hunting areas, and the bag limit has changed. So you can find inform- the, the details on that on page 24. And 
Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the bag limit for ruffed grouse is one this year, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's now one. Yeah, one daily. So that's pretty, I mean, that's cutting the bag limit in half. Um, so it's pretty steep, you know, but obviously when you <laughs> are yeah. at two, you can only go down, you know, so far. Right. Hopefully this is a step in the right direction to kind of put grouse on life support in the yeah. state until we can figure out a little bit more of the science of why populations are decreasing. Well, and you know, they've dramatically cut season dates on public land. So it right. opens October 10th and it closes November 29th on public land. It, it closes January 1st of 2021 on private land. So like you said, just measures to kind of yeah <laughs> try to stop the bleeding, I guess it seems. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, there's a lot of factors that are, you know, suspected to be contributing to the population decline. Um, but I don't think there's any one real good answer. You know, the population's kind of declining more than we would expect it to be. Right. So hopefully this will hold the population steady until we can kind of figure out the science and recover the population for grouse. Yeah. So quail hunting sort of in the same vein, quail hunting is closed on public hunting areas except for Tri-Valley and Crown City wildlife areas. And they've also changed the bag limit there. And you can find that information on page 25. So, yeah. And Crown it? City Wildlife Area is only controlled hunts. You can okay. only hunt quail through a controlled hunt. So, okay. not anyone can just go out and hunt quail. You have to be drawn. Okay. Yeah, and so your your daily limit there is 2. So let's talk about our sponsor, Monster White Tail Grub. They are a, a deer feed and attractant company. So they've got their signature Monster White Tail Grub feed, which is a high protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in. And I really like having the mineral mixed in because even after the physical feed is gone, that mineral is worked into the dirt and the deer will continue to come back and check that spot and, and get at that mineral, which allows you to get more pictures of them. And even after the physical feed is gone, you don't have to rush back out and dump more feed. So I really like that. They've also got just straight mineral if you want to run straight mineral and um, flavored corn options. So th those flavors, they've got a, a handful of flavors to, to pick from. It really turns standard corn into a more long range attractant, which is, is really nice. I like that. So if you're interested in any of that, check out ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and you can get in touch with them and order some of their stuff. Now let's get back to the conversation. Okay, so the next thing that they've changed is active duty military and veterans may also hunt waterfowl during the two-day youth waterfowl season, October 3rd and 4th, 2020. And additional information for that is on page 19. So basically if you're a waterfowl hunter, 
youth season is no longer just youth. It's also a youth and active duty or military veteran season. And that, if I recall, was uh, sort of Ohio's response to a federal mandate or, or, uh, I don't know if mandate's the word, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was, uh, it was strongly suggested. Yeah. By the federal government to, to do this. Right. Um, so this is a pretty big one. I mean, if you are expecting to hit a public marsh, you know, with your, with your youth and, you know, get there an hour before sunlight and set up your your decoys you know you're probably not going to have a spot this year um at least not not the best spot in the marsh um because there's there's going to be more people participating you know and it's not just going to be youth you know because i i expect a pretty high turnout um you know, I know if I had the opportunity to get in that much earlier than everybody else, I would I'd take advantage of it. So sure. I, ex- I expect a pretty high turnout. Um, I do think it's probably going to kind of accomplish its goal of, you know, encouraging veterans in the outdoors. Um, because, you know, if I'm a veteran and I'm a duck hunter, well none of my duck hunting buddies can go out. So maybe I'll ask one of my veteran buddies if he wants to go out with me and, you know, so I think, I I think it will uh, accomplish its goal. Um, But you're going to need to be aware if you're looking to take your youth out that, you know, how things were in the years past in years past has, has changed. Yeah. Okay, so the next one, opening date for waterfowl hunting in the north zone starts one week later than previous seasons. So it starts October 24th. And same thing, additional information on that on page 19. Yeah, with this one, they were looking, you know, uh, waterfowl hunters were asking for more November hunting days. I think primarily to catch the the wood duck migration a little bit better. So they were asking for, for more November days. Um, this change you either love or you hate, um, people who are basically exclusively waterfowl hunters seem to like it other than, you know, it's going to be colder now for, you know, like waterfowl season's going to start when it's a little bit colder and, end when it's colder um people who are waterfowl hunters and deer hunters uh really don't like this because (laughs) it you know you used to be able to go out and waterfowl hunt for like two to three weeks you know before really rut hit well now you have a week Right. Of waterfowl hunting, and then it's the rut, basically. It's prime time, yeah. So it's this one's a little bit controversial, but we'll, you know, time will tell if 
if hunters like it or they don't, you know, yeah. I think, I think some people are going to want to be out when it's a little bit warmer, you know, not freezing their butt off in the marsh, you know, and so they'll dislike this for that reason. And it kind of depends on how many, uh, all around hunters there are out there that are going to miss their waterfowl hunting because they're rut hunting now or vice versa. Sure. Yeah. So the next one is the daily bag limit for scop changes after the first 15 days of season. So first 15 days, your limit is one. The next 45 days, the, the limit goes up to two. Anything yeah. to add there on that one, Jeff? Not really on this one. It's, I mean, that's that's definitely one that you're going to need to pay attention to because it's very different than a lot of other right. bag limits. Um, so it's you're going to need to to really pay attention. And I, this is just my own personal preference. I almost wish that they put the date because you got to do math and. You know, with this, you got to do math, like count the number of days in the season. I wish they would have oh, just right. thrown, like, until this date, it's this many, until this date, you know. Yeah. Because math's hard, you know. <laughs> it, it it just, you know, makes yeah. it yeah. easy to screw up by one day and, right. you know, get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. True enough. All right, so the next one is not until 2021. So the 2021 spring turkey season starts on Saturday rather than Monday in both the south zone and the northeast zone. So they're they're trying to give hunters more weekend hunting days for turkey. And so they've moved that uh, opening date you know, it's typically opens on a Monday. Now they've moved it up to Saturday. And yeah. I think this is another one with people either love or hate, you know, because yeah. people who are weekend warriors, if you will, obviously this, they're going to love this. Yep. Um, people who have the ability to take off or, you know, don't, you know, don't work a week, you know, during the week, you know, maybe they retired or they, there's someone who works weekends. Um, they might not like this. It's yeah. definitely going to make, you know, the beginning of Turkey season a little bit interesting, you know, those first two days of Turkey season, I, you know, it's going to make the woods probably a lot more crowded. Yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. Sure. You know, I think uh, because of COVID, you know, turkey season seemed to be pretty popular this past year. And I think it was the first time I've ever been walked up on by another hunter while turkey hunting. Yeah. Um, at least walked up on by another hunter while turkey hunting that I didn't know the other guy. Yeah. Because I have been walked up on, but it's like, you know dad or our uncle or someone like that like we're hunting the same general area sure and you know we don't know that each other's there and then 
we walk up on each other. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting. You'll definitely have to be cautious that, you know, what you think is a turkey isn't another person. Yeah. And that, you know, uh, that one gobbler fires off and there isn't, you know, five guys surrounding it all trying to call it. And then, you know, someone gets shot at or something. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it, how it works out. I'm I'm excited for it, but it definitely increases the uh, the pressure those first two days. I'm excited for it as well. <laughs> so, the last one. Restrictions for hunting small game and fur bears during the deer gun season have been removed. So, this one, uh, while it's not directly related to deer hunting, it it, it is, in a way. Um, so, additional information on that one is on page 16, if you're following along at home and basically previously i don't know if you looked into this jeff but i think previously there was you couldn't have i'm trying to remember now hang on let me see here i got the this isn't last year's man i couldn't find the 2019 2020 uh regs book but i did find the uh, 2018, 2019 regs book. And let me see here. Mm, okay. So yeah, under the hunter, a hunter, a deer hunter cannot do section. There was a, a, a stipulation in there. A hunter cannot possess shot shells containing shot during the deer gun season, November 26th through December 2nd that again these are 2018 dates unless waterfowl hunting when the season is open so that precluded you from small game and fur bearer that now is gone anything to add there right well you're you're limited to shot size size four smaller correct unless waterfowl hunting yes good point yes yeah so now It's again, sort of uh, the wording's a little different, but, uh, there's a section again on page 16 hunting other game during deer season. And so it says a hunter may hunt other legal game, excluding deer, feral swine and coyote with a shotgun using, using shot number four or smaller. So, and then hunt waterfowl with with any size shot. Right. So if you're a small game hunter, maybe that's good news. If you're a deer hunter, it's something to keep in mind. The other thing to keep in mind is during any of the firearm seasons, you're required to wear hunter orange other than waterfowl hunters. So if, if you're bow hunting during any of the fire, you know, youth season, the week long gun season or the the two day extended gun season, you're required to wear hunter orange, no matter what kind of hunting you're doing. 
again, other than waterfowl. So if you're a deer hunter, gun hunting, there could be other people in the woods gun hunting for something other than deer. Right, right. And yeah, the the hunter orange during youth season is always a very good reminder. Um, yeah, a lot of people forget about youth gun season. Yep, and uh, especially you know out bow hunting, and it seems that the uh, the game wardens are pretty strict on that one. I mean, it's a pretty big safety issue, so. If you forget, you're very likely to get a ticket. Yeah, you know, they're they are really looking out for people not wearing hunter orange during youth season. I mean, during all hunting se- you know, gun seasons, but uh, especially that one. You know, a lot of people seem to forget, and uh, they they typically aren't very lenient. You're probably going to get the ticket if you're caught. Yep, it seems like that one trips people up every year. So good to keep in mind. So the other two things, like I mentioned, the new Hunt Fish Ohio app, we touched on that a little bit. You and Jake did a full episode on that with um, John Windau from the Division of Wildlife. So that's a good one to go back to and, and listen to if you haven't already. But check out the app. I've been using it. Jacob's Jacob used it to check his deer in this year that, you know, like we talked, he, he, he's on the board for this season and he said, it's incredibly easy to, to check a deer in the app. He said it took him, I don't know. What did he say? Like 30 seconds or something. Yeah. So super easy to check a deer with, with the new system. And like I said, you can reference all of these, well, you can reference the full regulation book in there, but also these changes, you know, you can kind of follow along with these changes right inside the app. So yeah. anything else, Jeff, you want to mention on the new app? Uh, well, a couple things. One with the new app, the checking the deer thing, um, it was very accurate about where he was because he was only a couple hundred yards from a county line and it picked the right county you know it pinpointed him in the correct county so that was cool you know that it was accurate enough to know you know that he was in the correct county um and then with the app it just makes it very easy to store your permits and uh license digitally so you know pay attention you know, uh, as to to what exactly is required of you when carrying permits and license digitally, um, you know, kind of go back and listen to our other episode because that explains it all pretty well. But um, if you're somewhere where you're going to be out of uh, cell phone service, make sure you have downloaded uh those permits and let your license to to your phone or to the app you know to your phone within the app so that you can still pull it up um oh, okay so that's just a a friendly reminder yeah. sort yeah. of within the app that you know you could 
think, oh, I can access the app and, you know, but you got to make sure that you have downloaded it so that if you do lose cell phone service, you can pull it up. That's definitely a good uh, tip there because I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't on that episode and while I edited it, I didn't listen to it word for word. So I, I didn't hear that part. So that's, yeah, that's a good, good advice. Okay. The other thing that we wanted to touch on, and this isn't new for this year, but just another sort of friendly reminder is the deer carcass regulations. So this has to do with CWD and trying to prevent people bringing CWD into the state. So basically to sum it up, you the only thing you're allowed to bring into the state from what they call cervids, so deer, moose, elk, caribou, that kind of thing, harvested anywhere outside of Ohio, the only thing you can bring in is deboned meat or finished taxidermy, basically, right? So you can read the, I'm not going to read through the, the specifics, you guys can all read, <laughs> but basically that's what you need to remember. Deboned meat, finished taxidermy. The other thing is if you're, so the one thing that I thought of is like, if you're going to do a European mount, the way I read this and Jeff, I want your opinion on this is that they mention antlers. So they say antlers attached to a skull cap from which all soft tissue has been removed. So I think you can bring a skull cap with the antlers attached as long as, like I said, everything has been scraped off. There's no soft tissue remaining. But if you're if you're thinking about doing a European mount, I think that European mount has to be done outside of the state. Whether that means you've got access to, uh, you know, a turkey fryer and you're going to do it yourself, or you're going to have a taxidermist or or somebody do a euro mount for you outside of the state and bring the finished euro mount back because I don't think there's I don't think you can sufficiently yeah. clean the skull by scraping it get getting the brain tissue out without having a completed finished euro mount is that right your right. opinion yeah. of that you it it has to be completely removed of soft tissue right you know so it it would basically be a completed euro mount i mean de- depending on your definition of a completed euro mount i guess yeah but good point it doesn't it, have to be bleached right right but it it has to be completely removed of any soft tissue right so it's not something that you're going to accomplish quickly, you know, like you're not going to go out of the state, harvest the deer and that day be able to bring the skull back, basically. Right. Um, and last year with this regulation, you know, I, it was an education year, you know, they were not really enforcing it. They were educating people on it, you know, when they broke uh 
broke the law, broke the regulation. Um, while this year they're probably still going to be heavily focused on educating, um, it they're they're probably going to start really enforcing it as well. Yeah. Um, if you've noticed, um, along with all the other things that are going on with uh, deer processors, um, you know, because of being overloaded with uh, domestic animals. Um, another thing is a lot of this year, a lot of the uh, deer processors are really paying attention to this law and working to be compliant. Um, so you'll probably start to see deer processors, you know, having signs saying like, you know, no out of state animals and, you know, they'll, they'll really start working to make sure that they're completely compliant with this. Right. Now, the other thing I noticed, and I don't know if you've heard about how strict they're going to be on this, but they say out of state hunters traveling through Ohio may possess any cervidae carcass or part of a carcass provided the carcass or parts are not offloaded from the vehicle. So the way that's written, you know, you stop at a, at, you know, I don't know, the rest stop gas station or whatever, and you need to get to something in the bed of your truck and you pull a cooler out that has deer meat in it or something. Technically that's offloaded from your vehicle. Technically it sounds like you could be cited for that. Do you know how strict they're going to be on that? I, I don't, but, uh, you know, this seems very similar to the trucking industry. Um, you know, uh, you can't really restrict interstate commerce. So I don't think really, as long as it stays in in the vehicle, basically they can't. It would be very uh, difficult to make any law prohibiting someone from having something in a vehicle um, because of federal law. So, but yeah, once it is removed from that vehicle, I mean, it is under Ohio jurisdiction then, you know, clearly under Ohio jurisdiction. So the state can make the decision there. So probably technically, yes, you would be in violation of the law and you could be cited. Um, I would imagine one of the things like, they don't want you, say, you know, taking your cooler out of the truck, draining the ice slush water out and refilling it with ice. Right. right. That, that'd be real bad. Yeah. 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 That that they they might be pretty upset about. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, basically doing any other sort of handling of it. You know, you're you'd probably be OK if. You remove the cooler, set it on the ground, and put it back in your vehicle. Um, right. When you open it or, you know, <clears throat> basically disturb it in any way, then you're probably going to, you. that's your, <laughs> when you're more likely to have issues. Sure. Um, okay. So the other thing, Jeff, you mentioned the, the processors, and that's another thing I wanted to touch on, is 
if you haven't contacted your your deer processor to see if there's any changes this year or you haven't, you know, maybe they've posted on their Facebook page or something. It may be something you want to look into just to verify that there's no new rules or anything. I've heard of some processors that are, you know, maybe deer processing wasn't a big part of their business. And with either getting behind from, you know, being shut down from COVID or, you know, just the influx of business of people wanting to stock up on, on meat and things. Cause you know, there was that shortage at the grocery stores. They may either be getting out of the deer business, deer processing business altogether. Maybe that's just this season. Maybe that's for good. I, I don't know, but I've, I've heard of that. And I've also heard of them making changes this year that will impact how you can bring deer to the processor. So one, one processor near us is now only accepting deboned meat, which is, a, is basically a 180 degree reversal of historically. Historically, they would take deboned meat early season, but once they started to get busy, they only wanted full, whole, hide-on deer. I, I, I guess because it just that just fit their workflow better. How you know how they move stuff through their their shop. This year, they only want deboned meat. So something to to think about and maybe double check or verify before you show up with a deer and they say, nope, it's got to be deboned or nope, we're not doing it this year. And then you're scrambling, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what you're going to do, where you're going to take it. How to, how do right. I fix this? Right. I also saw a, uh, a deer processor, um, down along the Ohio river, uh, that was only accepting de- deboned meat for uh both the reason of they're they're overwhelmed with their domestic animals you know they're they're doing a lot more of that and basically they don't want to keep track if you will i mean that's completely the wrong word but they're they're a portion of their business a large portion of their business comes from across the ohio river and that meat has to be brought to them deboned. Oh, I see. So yeah. They they don't want to basically they they they're only accepting deboned meat and that's you know, they don't want to have to say like, oh, is this an Ohio deer or is this a West Virginia deer? If it's a West Virginia deer, like get it out of here. It can't even be in our parking lot. Like mm-hmm. you know, they don't they don't want to have that sort of situation. So it's deboned only. And that's it. That's a good point. So that, I mean, West any of those processors that are, that border other states are going to have to figure that out, right? Where, where it's common for people to either have, you know, family, property, whatever across the state line and maybe bring the deer back to Ohio for processing or, or whatever. So if you live in in one of those areas where you're, you know, you're sort of close to the Ohio line, definitely 
I would say you definitely want to contact your processor and figure out what, if anything, is different this year. All right. Well, that's all the the changes. I, unless Jeff, you have you got some something yeah. else you want to touch on? Yeah, I want to touch on the the deer bag limit changes because oh, okay. although they weren't specifically called out in you know the the regulations book, mm-hmm. um, you know, as being changes, um, there was some pretty significant changes this year that uh, people need to be aware of. Um, a lot of the bag limits for counties have been decreased this year, um, which is what a lot of people have been asking for. So the ODNR did listen to you and, uh, they've decreased bag limits. Um, three counties have went down to one deer counties, um, which is kind of startling, um, it's been quite a few years since county, you know, any counties were one deer counties. Yeah. So that's a little, little shocking. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of counties have moved to uh, two deer counties. So pay, pay attention to that. Um, make sure that your county hasn't reduced the bag limit that, you know, down the two and you shoot two does and now your season's over because you can't get your buck yeah see page eight of the the regs book that's where the map is that shows you know the color-coded map one one deer county two deer county three deer county so on right and then the other important thing to to note is that they have increased the number of counties greatly increased the number of counties that you can use a deer management tag in this year uh, there's 24 counties that you can use a deer management tag in, which used to be, you know, formerly known as a antlerless tag, um, which that's a, a big increase from last year. Uh, however, for a lot of people who have used deer management tags in the past, they're a little different um, than what you probably remember. Um, in the past, uh, deer management tags were basically like a bonus deer tag. You could uh, shoot your county limit plus the deer management tag. And that's no longer how they work. You know, so for, for the people who their county had deer management tags, they went away and now they're back. Um, you need to be aware of that, that, you know, if you're in a three deer county, yes, you can use a deer management tag, uh, on a, on a doe, but you're still only allowed to shoot three deer, you know, it's, it's not a bonus tag as it was in the past. You know, in the past, it was like, oh, I'm in a two deer county plus a deer management tag. You know, so it's three deer, but that's not how it is. Yeah. And so it's it looks like four deer counties, all of the let's see, there's two, four, five, five counties that are four deer counties. You can use the management permits there. 
and then they I don't want to say they split but it when you're looking at like I said page eight their three deer county is listed twice you've got light green three deer counties and dark green three deer counties the dark green three deer counties are the ones where you can use the management permits so it's not just if you're in a three deer county you can use a, a management permit you've got to be in most of them are in like central and northeast ohio are the the dark green three deer counties which means you can use the management permits there's one what is that claremont if i zoom in here yeah in this in southeast ohio that's also uh, a three-deer county that accepts management permits or permit i guess you're allowed to use one management permit right uh let me check on that i think maybe that's changed let me let me look well, at that well page eight says a hunter may use up to two either sex on a three deer county may use up to two either sex permits and one management permit or up to three either sex permits. Okay. Well then that answers that. Yeah. I wasn't sure on that one. Yeah. Hunters will not be sold after November 29th. Right. And Are can't they... be used. Okay. Cause they don't, Open counties. Okay, yeah. Deer man is valid from September 26th to November 29th. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's all of the most important things to be aware of. Most important changes and tweaks that you should be aware of to keep yourself legal and keep yourself up to date on what's going on. And the public land restrictions there again these aren't new this year but they're still in place this year as well meaning um no does after december 7th on public land so from december december 7th to february 7th of 2021 only antler deer may be taken from specific public hunting areas in ohio which is most of them so that's again not new, but I think was that new last year or is that two years old, Jeff? I believe it's two years old. Okay. So we still get questions on that, you know, here and there a little bit. So figured I'd mention it as well. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. That's, uh, like I said, a run through of, of the changes. Hopefully this was helpful. I know some of the information, you know, especially like the youth waterfowl where, you know, you're allowed, uh, veterans are allowed that will have already, that, that season will have already taken place by the time you guys hear this. We were, we were a little late on this one, but hopefully there's still some, some useful information in here for, for you guys and share it with your, your friends and family and keep everybody safe and, and legal this year. So. Thanks, everybody, for listening.